Hi everyone, this is Archie Waterworth for my Sonic Transcendent show. This is now my 22nd episode for my podcast. It's something which I'm enjoying more and more every time I've got a new guest on or when I do it on my own. And I think it's now my fifth show for the Fresh Air, Fresh Air Edinburgh Radio. And I've got someone called Will McCartney on for my show today. He's the founder of The Noise Narrative, which is a collaborative music page which seeks to show all the best music from the underground scene whether that's in any genre from the dance scene to rock to folk to anything that's fresh and extremely underrated as well which people who are interested in that stuff can get access to so today I'd like to introduce Will McCartney so Will how are you doing today? Hi mate thank you yeah yeah really good thanks um chuffed to be here um yeah how are you? Yeah, very well. It's good to get you on. Tell me a bit more for those listening a bit about the noise narrative and also how did it inspire you? Like what what was the day when you're like, I want to set this up? Has it been something which you've had a long time in the running or is it something which came out through COVID and the lockdown or was it just something, I don't know, fresh out on when you woke up one day? Sure. Yeah. Well, it's a good question. Um, I was making a podcast a bit like this one. Um, probably about a year ago, maybe a bit longer. Um, I sort of recently moved to London and um, I'd started working in music. Um, and yeah, I just wanted something to sort of put out um, just to keep myself listening to fresh new songs, basically. And so I thought I would make a podcast, just a mix of songs with a bit of description, basically, about uh, songs that I liked um, that I thought of uh, thought that people might not have heard before really um, and just uploaded it to Mixcloud and called it you know the noise narrative so that was basically what it was for about a year I'd say I uploaded a few sort of episodes but in the back of my mind I was always thinking like well where's you know I, I think that I could take this a bit further I used to run a magazine at, at uni um, also digital um, and so I thought yeah, it was during lockdown, basically, I was sort of sprung with this uh, free time as a result of the furlough scheme um, to sort of apply myself to something new. So I thought I'd manifest this podcast basically into a platform. Um, and yeah, it began in lockdown, basically. Yeah, it's a brilliant website. It's really well structured. And also what I've noticed, is it offers different ways of listening to new music. So it has interviews has articles it also has mixes what's your favorite part of the noise narrative is it the interviews the podcast is it the mixes or is it anything whatever on the day you feel like listening to or watching or reading the most yeah um to be honest my favorite part about running it is just um the great music that i end up listening to as a result um and oftentimes i mean there's a section on the website called the ear to the ground section which um it's sort of an investigation into like scenes around the world that there really isn't much press on so um uh, one of our contributors and also a good friend of yours i believe will makarov he um did an investigation into the tunisian electro scene um you know as a result of the uh, fall of the ben ali dictatorship like it's all very sort of culturally intertwined um content that's probably what I enjoy the most is finding out not only about like, you know, new sounds, but about why they've come about and how they're a response to, you know, the cultural surroundings or the, the politics maybe. Um, yeah. Definitely. I think that was one of my favorite of the recent articles that have come up. It just shows though, that I guess with cultural influences that I think people, when they're listening to it on Spotify or on any sort of music platform, they get, they really, failed to realize how important some of the sounds are behind it and also the potential restrictions these DJs and artists have when they're trying to get their music out there. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Um and obviously there's there is a there is a there's a fine line between um you know writing about them um and writing about them properly. So I mean it's you've got to do it justly and that means that you know each piece on here is like quite like thoroughly researched and obviously if there's little information then it is hard to do so so like part of it which I guess adds to the excitement of it all is that we try and get in touch with these people um 
and oftentimes they they respond they're really excited to interact with with me and and, and others and uh yeah it's really, it's it's been really exciting so far at university what was your sort of inspiration growing up as sort of your favorite DJs or mm. and also what was your favorite genre of music when you started university was it something you like the club music or was it something a bit more of a chilled out listening vibe yeah so um I mean I, I went to uni in Nottingham uh started in 2014 um and at, th- it, at that point I really I mean I, I was definitely interested in music I definitely listened to music uh but I wasn't obsessed it was at uni that I did become obsessed with it basically so I was exposed to quite quickly a lot of um UK hip hop so I was put onto like the high focus label mouse outfit ghost poet all these people that I didn't realize could make cool boom bap hip hop and have really um interesting beats um I thought that was basically all American, so that was quite eye-opening. And then the first sort of thing that put me onto electronic music and dance music was um, Lucas Wigflex. So he's a he's a not um, stalwart, basically. He's been running this event called Wigflex um, for years and years and years um, within the city, and that was the institution. That was the project that really widened my um, scope towards dance music so I mean he was he was booking you know great DJs um, you know like DJs that don't really die off and that you know he had like Hessel Audio and and all of these great labels in you know whilst I was like 18 19 and I did at the time obviously didn't know who these people were but would be going to the, the club that he'd hosted it at which was called the Brickworks um and I just come away being like, like, wow, that was, that was, that was really good. So that's what really got me into it. Um, I'm trying to think what else I, I liked. I was also into, I only did a bit of like playing at parties and things just to try and get into it more. Um, played a lot of like chuggers and down tempo stuff as well. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a re- university was probably an introduction to it, but it was, I used to live in Amsterdam and that was when it really sort of, stepped up i think in, in terms of dance music wow tell me a bit more about amsterdam was it was it part of your university course or was it just something you've done since leaving no it wasn't it was so i graduated in 20, 2017 and then i left um yeah i left nottingham and wanted to spend a year basically just working in europe um just to experience a different culture a different city in a different country so found this uh, job on online some random job to be a manager of a hotel boat in Amsterdam and I was like you know whatever let's do it um, and it was it was great mental experience but as a byproduct of living in Amsterdam um, I was there for 10 months or so I I was really you know I got exposed to some great uh, disco um, there's a great club called Disco Dolly which um, you know showed me a lot of great uh, disco music that I hadn't heard before. Um, D School, obviously, which um, is a brilliant club. Uh, rest in peace. That's that's no more. Um, so I, I, you know, listened to a lot of techno and deeper stuff uh, there. Um, and I was lucky enough to be there for ADE Amsterdam Dance Event, which was also really awesome. Um, it's 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 yeah it's, it's musically amsterdam is so unique um and that festival really um it it's it shows it off to its full capacity you see so many different djs from different genres and you know not just djs but producers and just musicians willing to teach and learn and share all their intel with you um a lot of it's free and it's all scattered across the city so I was really fortunate to be there and and gained a good amount of musical interest there. Also, spending a lot of time in Rush Hour Records store, which is really really good. Um, yeah, no, it's somewhere I think is definitely on my list, especially the Rush Hour Records store. But yeah, I'll talk about it a bit more. But we will do so after your first choice today. So, Will, if you want to give us a little introduction into the song, and we can talk about why you chose it later. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, sure. This is um, a song by Udmo um, from the Analog Attic label. It's called Point Road Night.
that was Udmer with just double checking the song. It was Point Road Night. That was the one. Really enjoyed that first choice of yours. Will tell me a bit more about why you chose it. Yeah. Um, so it's from Analog Attic, which is an Australian label, which I've been a big fan of for the last few months. Um, and yeah, I chose it because it's it's quite a unique sound that's coming out of of it's a Melbourne based label. Um, but I mean, the music sort of gathered from from various different cities. It's, they sort of describe the label as making music for like the lounge or the hotel rather than the, the club. Um, and and I, that sort of sounds quite boring and quite dull in, in, in a descriptive sense. But when you actually listen to the music that they're putting out, it's it's quite... Um, I don't know. It's quite. It's quite capturing. It's it's calming. It's quite ethereal. But you kind of you know you can still move to it um, and think it meets like a quite a nice um, midway point between uh, dance and and relax. Um, there's a yeah. There's a whole breadth of great music coming out of that label. So, but this one was yeah. It's it's awesome. I think uh, the first one I was shown. I think it was by Will as well. Macareth, mm. Thomas Gray, and Liam Ebb's album on that on that label which I think if anyone's listening just really have a look through analog attic so yeah that one was for me the first one I saw and that was yeah. a nice BT ambient music which I hadn't heard before what what do you think of that one yeah yeah um, what the Thomas Gray yeah yeah I really like that that's actually one of the tracks from that album is going to be on our first we've got a, a residency at, on 1020 radio for the noise narrative and yeah I've included one of those songs in it um similar kind of reasoning for why I like that as well it's it's you know it's super underground but it's calming it's not it's not aggressive it's not yeah it's really accessible music um and uh I think it really holds a strong position in the scene to be honest with you um and it's also really really tight production um across the label not just uh, these guys but it's tight production and, and they're young as well so I can I can see it becoming a really uh fruitful um, I mean, it already is fruitful, but an even more successful imprint as the years go by. Um, I'd love to be able to get over there one time and just see what the what all cracks about. Yeah, definitely. I was about to say Melbourne, along with Amsterdam, is seems to have a really burgeoning music scene. Mm. But would you say that in Amsterdam, your DJing skills got any better, or your DJing taste for what you'd want to play to people at a party or in a club would be like, or was it something which you just sort of added to your collection as a sort of side note yeah um well i mean i would I, I didn't really dj in amsterdam um because well i lived on a on a boat um my uh my taste certainly got better my library got denser um and it was very formative in 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 terms of my taste and my the way i looked for music so rather than just before you know surfing on spotify or whatever living in amsterdam and you know physically going to shops and um going to festivals and seeing the different ways in which music can be shared and listened to that was what it did for me um i didn't really start mix and i'm, I'm not i'm not i wouldn't say I'd call myself a dj really but i didn't really start focusing on more club mixing club music until uh i actually got to uh london really um but uh yeah amsterdam really formative um and um yeah look back on it fondly with nottingham we just thought talking about it earlier my friend who i had on a while ago he's still there at the moment it really seems that nottingham i think is a really underrated place for musical talent i think it's not mm -hmm. just not you know a lot of places like leeds are firmly known amongst many in the country and other cities having really good music and really good clubs. But I think Nottingham has to be appreciated a little bit more by those who don't go to it a lot. Would you agree? I would agree. Yeah, yeah. Completely agree with with that, actually. Um, and it's it's bizarre because I, when I applied to go there um, to university, I really didn't know much about the city. And it wasn't until I actually got there and, and dug into it a bit that I found out that it had such a great propensity for young, exciting talent. And I don't know why it's not quite... I don't know. People don't really talk about Nottingham as a particularly, um, uh, you know, big, fruitful scene. But for people that have been there, 
it, they 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 will always say that it is, it, it, and, it, and it's not. It's, it's so versatile as well because obviously you've got wig flex, as I mentioned before, which is the sort of chuggy um, kind of um, heavier clubby kind of sound. Um, but you've also got like a really great rap scene, um, really great grime scene with people like Mez and Snowy, who are all really unique um, writers. Uh, and you've got, uh, you know, great arts, um, great fashion outlets and stuff, and they all seem to come together and synergize quite nicely. So, I mean, just going back to Wigflex's city festival, he, um, as the sort of catalyst for the city brought together a lot of the, the world's best DJs, um, in electronic music, but then also brought some audio visual artists from around Nottingham of which there are quite a few, um, to sort of, um, work with the, the DJs and then also the rappers and poets and things like that. It's really, it's a really, um, really colorful place. Um, yeah. It's amazing that someone like him can really bring through a lot of talent in Nottingham as well as bringing the ones, the DJs he sort of plays of the whole time around the world. But I was just thinking, so you've set up the noise narrative and obviously in the last year or so or few months with coronavirus and everything Mm -hmm. has sort of stored a lot of things in everyone's lives. What else do you do at the moment that keeps you busy or is the noise narrative your main focus for now? Yeah, so um, before lockdown, I was working in the music industry. Um, I, before the first lockdown, um, I was working oh, I was doing a few different things I've, I worked at the company that own the Jazz Cafe and XOYO and Phonox doing their sort of marketing and promotions um, and then briefly worked as in, in a press agency in Camden um, for festivals and then most recently was working as a strategist for different um, like a digital strategist for different DJs um, and parties basically at an agency um, sadly COVID put an end to that so I am currently seeking out the next venture, but the noise narrative was something that I was fortunate to be able to create because I was put on furlough before before being made redundant. So I financially was given this leverage to uh, create something new. Um, So at the moment we're digging for something new, but the noise narrative is certainly keeping me busy and keeping me happy, I suppose. Um, and it's getting me to meet new people, which is which is great. I'm I'm finding out so many uh, uh, stories from people around the world who are, you know, getting in touch and wanting to contribute and and things like that. So that's a real positive in in what is a dark time. But um, it's you know the noise narrative is just a, a hobby for me. I just you know I don't make money from it. Um, it's just something that I do in my spare time um, w- when I get some spare time, and then uh see where it goes from there i'd love for it to take off and, and who knows but at the moment I, you know it's i'm just enjoying the now with it definitely i think that's the way the best things come about it's not sort of a commercially driven idea but before we talk about that a little bit more i'd love you to introduce your second track today which i'm very excited for everyone to hear sure so my second track uh is by um it's a debut song by um, Phoebes and Maxwell Owen. Uh, It's called Come With The Ragga. Then pull up, then we'll be gone. I'll have to hold it, I'm shook up. When I talk about shows, then trust me, my team will go the whole year, then book up. But on tour, the whole damn country. Kill out your ass, got neck up, Jamanchi. See, baddies, but you're gonna tour. But I don't wanna come round, nigga, from me. Swinging like a bungee, and then the country's wide. I'm a smile all up in my grill. But it behind closed doors, that fuck reminder ain't real. How do you feel? You're a house nigga, I'm up in the field. I'ma get peeled, have to appeal, have to repent, yeah, man, after new, I'ma talk about ya. See, every time I reach a show, you know things pop up. Everyone knows the road to Rome, yeah, get locked up. Anyone that sold your soul, yeah, you can just fuck off. 
Everyone breaking bread, you can tell like a bit broker Come with a ragger, down with a rope But I don't care who's better, please just leave me alone In my zone, please boy have some mana Don't bother holler my phone, I'm treading my toes Dressed up as raising a mana, straight from the ends of my home That's where I've grown, go up and laugh, go mother Come with a ragger, down with a rope But I don't care who's better, please just leave me alone In my zone, please boy have some mana Don't bother holler my phone, I'm treading my toes Dressed up as raising a mana, straight from the ends of my home That's where I've grown, go up and laugh Ever feel like you were alone in the midst, look around, is the way you got home with the bits on the counter, anybody got a home for your kids, already much to eat, close to nowhere to live, you wanna get out, this in the city life got you stressed out, sitting with a smile, it's a dead house, gets pretty, what a pity, cause you're really dreaming at a penthouse, but you can't have it, when you check it, look around, yeah, everyone's an addict, whether it's coke, whether it's wine, smoke lines, yeah, everyone's had it, it's our escape, are we still breathing, is it too late to call for some reason, this is our fate, Fall for the seasons, making mistakes, we're just looking for a heathen, yeah, something to believe in. To find peace in the evening If the end is best, though I be grieving If the rivers run red, then we're bleeding Probably seeking all of these drugs Probably needing all of these things Yeah, the answer to this is love All good queens need a good king So it's a pass for the challenges Get soft, we pass for the passages I got a scar on my heart from the savageness I ain't part of that thing, I'm an anarchist I'm living for the war, I'm a pacifist But if you come to my door, I'ma handle this I'll be at the court of your palaces So better don't talk, it's a catalyst Come with a ragger, down with a road But I don't care who's better Please just leave me alone, in my zone Please boy have some mana Don't bother holler my phone, I'm my toes Just up as raising a mana, straight for the end of my home That's where I've grown, go up and life got madder Come with a ragger, down with a road But I don't care who's better Please just leave me alone, in my zone Please boy have some mana Don't bother holler my phone, I'm my toes Just up as raising a mana, straight for the end of my home That's where I've grown, go up and life got madder Amazing second choice there. A really interesting blend of genres and ideas. That was Come With The Ragger by Maxwell Owen and Phoebes. Tell me a bit more about this track. I really like the way that Phoebes, who who is a grime artist, has been able to collaborate really well with someone like Maxwell Owen, who I've actually seen quite recently in Edinburgh about over a year ago. So tell me a bit more about this track in particular. Yeah, yeah. This is one of my favourite tracks ever, I think. I've I've also seen him... um, play quite recently he he he's he's really really talented producer and and dj as well um so you know i picked this because it's i mean it's really hard hitting the beat it's 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 um it's quite something and it's a real groover and and you're right it's a real um collation of genres it it, it really sits in the middle of grime and soul and and dance music um can't quite put your finger on what what exactly it is um but i do know that it's really good um and i remember when maxwell owen first played this he played it i went, I went to see um joe armand jones the jazz artist um did like a uh show at um brixton electric um a few months ago uh before before lockdown uh showcasing his album and maxwell owen was one of the warm-up act um and he dropped this track on a on a huge custom built sound system um it was unreleased at the time as well so i was sort of you know taken aback by it to be honest with you but i'm yeah really chuffed with it and it comes from a label called sibin i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but um it's that's headed up by a girl called anya ngozi and she's a, a dj in london um but that label, I think, is trying to sort of push um, the merging of, of different genres and, and 
not just in the UK but, but around the world. So I'm a yeah, big fan um, of this tune, yeah. Yeah, it's a very good choice. I was thinking about what you mentioned earlier, how you've been working a little bit on sort of marketing, promoting for different clubs and also artists as well. Yeah. What was it like transitioning from just having a good time in Nottingham and really appreciating the music there to coming to London, having to take stock of all that's going on in, in the scene there and also actually trying to help clubs promote themselves and artists as well? How, how was that? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, well, it was, yeah, it, I, I suppose coming to London as a music fan, I didn't realise a lot about what the mu- working within music would, what that would be like. So um, I certainly learned a lot very quickly. So, I mean, f- the first role that I had here was with the Colombo Group, as I mentioned before, and it's basically a company that own a bunch of venues around London. Um, uh, and I was just interning there. Um, but I was, you know, and, and I was basically helping out with the marketing for the Jazz Cafe, XOYO, Phonox, and a few others. Um, and I was really like, um, just taken aback by how many, uh, people had so much knowledge and understanding and diversity, um, of, of taste and of, of, of talent. Um, I was working alongside quite successful DJs. I was working alongside artists, um, people that used to, you know, whatever it was, it was a real mix and match, but, um, as I say, it was only an internship. So it was all very like, um, it was a bit like patchwork really. I was trying to piece together this music, um, industry career. Um, and I suppose it opened my eyes to, um, how it can be quite stressful to be honest with you and there's a lot more work that goes into putting on events and selling songs um than than one might think so i mean obviously it takes a lot of effort but it's seriously seriously it's a big grind um and my most recent role uh which was at an agency basically they designed the digital strategy to try and promote musicians um releases and stuff so i i was in the sort of dance music section um and it was yeah it's very methodical releasing music and um it's got its ups and downs i'm I'm obviously gutted that the industry is slowly dissipating i hope it bounces back i'm sure it will but but yeah it was it's in answer to your question yeah it was a it was the transition was a a bit of a shock really and i realized that i've although I liked music, I really didn't know that much about it. And so ultimately when I, when I got to London, that was when I really said to myself, right, do I want to, do I really, am I, you know, am I really into all of this music stuff? And I decided that I was the noise narrative came as a byproduct of that. And uh, yeah, no looking back really. Yeah. It's an interesting point how for you, it was a bit of a shock for London because I think when you just love music and you love listening and you love dancing to it, do you, it might have been an interesting shock in terms of whether it would make you want to hate the fact that there's so much methodical processes behind releasing the music that might make the experience of enjoying music a bit more dull. But it seems that it's actually made you a little bit more uh, hungry to get involved and actually make a name for yourself in the music scene. It's really exciting. Um, but when regarding the noise narrative, we actually haven't talked about it that much, but I was just wondering how going forward, you're going to try and keep the content fresh. I know I'm on, I think I'm on one of the pages where it's a contributors page. How's it going at that sort of level on that sort of side to it in terms of getting people involved and um, keeping it fresh, I guess. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, um, when it, when it, when I launched it in August, um, I had built up basically a bank of content over the months through which I was building the website. Um, so I, I mean, and that's only just really f- finished. So uh, I, I'm, I'm new, I basically prepared for the eventuality that at some point content is going to slow down and I'm going to need a more consistent stream um, of ideas coming through and, and, the way to get that is obviously to have a good, uh, diverse group of writers, um, contributors who are going to keep coming up with ideas. And then also I need 
a supply of new music from someone somewhere um, just to keep stuff fresh. Um, so I, I've been a freelance music journalist for a few, well, about, about a year or two now um, for a few different publications. And so I have, I'm lucky enough to have a few uh, PR contacts anyway, people who send me music um, to listen to before it's come out and then maybe pitch it for a review, um, Mixmag or somewhere. Um, but so, you know, I spoke to, I basically emailed out a lot of PR agencies who I'd previously kind of been in contact with and um, yeah, including a, a girl called Becca McLeish, who I worked with at um, the Colombo group who now runs her own great PR agency called Cousin. Um, she, you know, I've built these relationships basically with a bunch of people. Um, they send me great, great music. And, um, you know, th- that way I'm going to continue to get a nice, exciting supply of, of sounds. And I've made sure to diversify, um, you know, the, the, the stream of music that comes in because that's what, that's what I want the noise narrative to be. Um, not just dance music, not just, you know, one, one tunnel vision thing. It's got to be loads of different, um, loads of different areas, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, I'm still building the contributors list. I'm still trying to, I'm still on the lookout for people to help, uh, help me out with this and, and get in on the journey. Um, uh, and you know, people that, they check out the site or listen to this and think, oh yeah, okay, well, I, I quite like the kind of stuff that's coming out on here. Um, get in touch. Um, it doesn't have to be writing as well. We've got mixes um, that we we want to upload. Some we've done already. Um, uh, and yeah, that's that's it. I I, I really don't know. It's, I'm sort of playing it uh, by ear, if you will. But um, I think my music journalism kind of experience has come in uh, handy in a way. Definitely. It's an exciting journey, which I'll definitely hopefully get involved a little bit more than I have been so far. But it's something which I'm very excited to see how the noise narrative develops. But in light of that, would you like to introduce your third track for everyone to listen to today? Sure, mate. Um, So this is uh, a song by uh, a Latvian guy called Ingus Bauschkeniks. And the name of it is... uh, Lidoyums us Sauli. I hope I pronounced that right.
track there i really really enjoyed listening to that one so that was lily jones and sally by ingus bows kenny x which means or well, the song means flight to the sun in english so i'd give it a little translate just to see just to show what everyone the the meaning of the track and that's from his album spooky um it's a really really amazing track what i find so fascinating about this guy is i expected him just from just how fresh and how modern the sounds were and the way that he's crafted it is he's only he's, he's around sorry he's around 63 which I don't want to say that people who are of the older generation can't create amazing sounds that sound um, fitting to the modern era of music, but it's a really, really good track and shows the breadth of skills that he has as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, this is a really interesting one. Um, it's obviously quite quite a bizarre sounding song, which is which is really nice to, to listen to, I suppose. But the reason I chose it was um, because it's 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 basically been um remastered not reissued re- remastered by a label called Stroom um which is based in Belgium um and basically what they do is they uh dig into overlooked music that was recorded in the 80s and 90s um and they well, and, and 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 beyond but but specifically those two decades and they uh have some engineers who um craft those uh, recordings into maybe more tangible more modern day sounding um records and this is one example of that um so yeah you're completely right it's it's he's he's quite an old guy uh, but his music sounds very very nowish if, and and that's because of um well partly because of him and and his his talent um but also because of the label and um their ability to you know pick this out and and make it you know of the high the quality that it is is as we listened to it just then um but it's really cool and the record's really great and diverse and there's like reggae on there there's um there's like yeah there's loads of stuff synth pop ambient stuff it's it's a real whirlwind of genres from an unsuspecting latvian man called ingus which is really cool but stroom released loads of um you know, great, exciting um, stuff. And it's headed by a guy called Ziggy Devrient. Uh, I think that's how you say it. Uh, otherwise known as D- Nose Drip. He's a DJ, um, often plays on NTS. Um, 
but yeah, great track. Yeah, it's a fantastic song to have been shown that album. So sorry, that label. So I'm looking forward to digging more into that label. It really shows for me, I think ever since lockdown, I have followed Bandcamp and the way it works in the, maybe the last year or two, but I think lockdown for me has shown the breadth of the amazing music that's on show and also the fact that you can i'm more than happy to pay for the music on that amazing site because the way that the algorithms work and the way that you can create a wish list and follow labels is something which i think has made it stand out a lot more than a lot of other sites especially the fact that you can buy digital and vinyl so how's it for you when you're looking for music yeah um i I, yeah i agree i i i mean bandcamp's important obviously um artists need to make more money especially now but always they deserve to have more money um and bandcamp is a place where you can you can you can buy it um so bandcamp's been great for me and and yeah same as you really i i didn't really use bandcamp as religiously as i do now until yeah i mean a few maybe last year i started really um treating it as a more primary website um I mean, the website could definitely be improved, like functionality-wise. But it's, it, yeah, you're right. It's it's got stuff on there that you can't find anywhere else. It's got stuff that um, you know algorithmically pops up that you will enjoy. And um, yeah, as you say, the wish list thing is great. Um, um, yeah, I really like it. And obviously, the stuff they're doing um, uh, with the, I think it's Bandcamp Fridays they do, um, or they have been doing, where where 100% of the fees go to the artists um i think the people behind Bandcamp um have their hearts in the industry which is another reason to another reason to use it yeah it's brilliant i think this period of a lot of unrest both with the way that you know the the blm's come about through some of the recent events and also with covid as well i think it's really forced a lot of industries to you know have a hard look at themselves and really show the customers and all the people, you know, all the people involved, that they there is more to life than just commercial um, gain. So I think it's a really good example of that. But I was just thinking about your website and sorry, your you know with the TN or TNN and yeah. how in terms of the use of social media, yeah. what's the most important platform? Would you say it's Facebook or Instagram or even Twitter? Yeah, um, it's, you mean just mean in terms of sharing articles and stuff like that? Yeah, the way that it gets out there, do yeah. you think? Obviously, the website is the most important thing, but mm-hmm. actually, social media get is what people are on the whole time. So, I guess, yeah, wanted to know what a bit more about it, really. Yeah, um, it's a good question. It's something that annoys me a lot, to be honest, because I mean, uh, in an ideal world, I wouldn't have to use social media to to make my website known. Um, but that is that is how I must do it, basically, um, and and so. I think I think both I think all three platforms that you mentioned there Facebook Instagram and Twitter serve different purposes and I I in my most recent job as a digital strategist my my main role was to use social media to um make people's music and events known so very much the same mechanism here with your question um Facebook is good for uh, written content um, and also video content, but it's it's for article sharing. That seems to be the, the one of the best ways for me to uh, get my content out there. Um, it's also where I collate my uh, like the the the, the team uh, um, in the, the groups and stuff um, which you're in. Um, that's that's a great function um, just for communication and stuff. Um, Twitter is good for discussion, I think, generally, and I, I try to treat it like that as a place where, um, like, I can sh- the noise narrative can share articles, but also maybe get involved with like different discussions with people. Um, by people, I mean other industry brands like Discogs or, or you know, people like that who might be opening up conversations. Um, and then Instagram is more just this visual feed of. Um, uh, you know, brand identity and things like that. So I really use that as a um, a museum or a gallery of how the noise narrative is progressing. Um, so they all serve different purposes. I wish I didn't have to use them <laughs> because I think it's a little bit unhealthy, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's essential. I recognise that. Um, so, yeah. 
Definitely, I'm the same. I have started an Instagram page and I haven't used it enough. I do need to start using it a bit more if I really want to get it out there. Um, so I, I agree, it's something which we all have to face the challenges with. I think almost every every industry is the same, but I think we're going to have to finish on that note, which is a bit of a shame because I think we could talk for a long, lot, a lot longer. But it's what the hour slot can give us because I really want to make sure you, your songs get played to as long a length as possible. So it's really, it's been really great having you on, Will and. There's one more song for everyone to listen to of yours. So if you want to introduce that and um, we'll say goodbye from there as well. Nice one, mate. Yeah, thanks. It's been great. Great to chat. So this this final one is um, a song called Curimao by um, a revolutionist Brazilian composer uh, from the 60s called Fernando Falcao, um, who uh, built his own instruments. Um, and this is one of the songs from one of the albums that he released uh, using those. Yeah, 